right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I will be as presented by CarParts.com. Check them out for all your mobile experience needs. It's as easy as that. You're mobile. You're on your phone. You're pulling up car parts. Got your year making model. It's done. Absolutely. Now, I'll tell you what, man. This is going to be a fun episode. Um, you know, if I go back in time. Oh, hell yeah. And I think automotive playground. You know, I grew up, you know, building cars and, and just scourging through all the junkyards, salvage yards, pick aparts, however you want to call them. And to me, it was like a fantasy land. You know, it's like being a pirate and looking for buried treasure. You never knew what you were going to find, you know? And you're scouring, yeah. you know, smashed up minivans, Honda Accords, boring stuff, looking for that little rare Z28 set of coil springs or a dash pad that's not cracked, you know, some rare find <laughs> amidst just tons and tons of just stuff you just wish wasn't there, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, I've actually got friends. Um, I was fortunate. My buddy ran a pull yard here in Denver, and for years, anytime there's a big black Mopar that came in, I was the guy. He would call me and be like, hey, you need another 440? Uh, who? What Mopar guy wouldn't answer that question with, of course I need another 440. I've got 21 <laughs> of them in the shop, but 22 can't hurt. That's right. So bring it on. <laughs> yeah, man. It, with, with all my cars, there's no joke, with all my cars and what I had in my, my parts room, at one point I had 27 440s. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I had, I had dreams, you know, 30 years ago of – wouldn't it be great if it was just a salvage yard for all the cool stuff? You know, why do I gotta why do I gotta weed through all this, you know, mundane boring and and things that I don't want? Where, where's just the cool stuff? Just row after row of the bitchin', you know, muscle cars and and everything that you would want to go with them. All the cool parts, the big brake kits, you know, the killer wheels. The good seats, the motors, the powertrains, right? Yeah, but the good stuff was the the needle in the haystack, you know, because you had to sort of weed out all the people that would give up in an hour or two searching through the junkyard, you know, to find the gym. We uh, we were, you know, we're go-getters. We were in there for a few hours at a time or real early in the morning when things opened up. You got those first picks. Uh, yeah, man, you had to earn stripes in the uh, junkyard, just like playing on the junior varsity team uh, before you get to varsity. <laughs> had to earn stripes to get in there. Yeah, but my stripes, my stripes were going to every damn junkyard on the east coast of Florida, <laughs> through central Florida, like one after the other, trying to find those parts, right? That that one fraction of a car that's left that's been picked apart. You know, and it was it was cool and it was an awesome experience. And I still love every time I go to the salvage yard because it is, it's that, it's that 
am around the corner? Could I discover something? Could I find something I wasn't even looking for? You know, <laughs> you need better friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm sorry. When I was, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, I didn't know a lot of salvage yard buddies, <laughs> you know, that own their own, uh, their own yard and could give me the inside scoop on my cell phone. But hey, I- I'll tell you, man, it, it's it's one of those things when you think about what cars have been able to do in the last number of years and all this new power that you know all the cars have you know that really started you know a number of years ago and it and it's perfect now because think about the perfect storm in that scenario you got cars being mass produced that have massive power and you got dumb dumbs with no seat time and high horsepower cars they're gonna buy them <laughs> they got all the money in the world burning a hole in their pocket they got no seat time they're gonna go buy these cars and absolutely crash them within the first 60 days of ownership yeah no doubt no doubt so fast forward 30 years for my dream uh to cleveland power and performance uh, our buddy rick over there and this is right the culmination of all these years of uh, wishing and hoping and praying. Now there is a go-to place for nothing but the awesome stuff. The Hellcats, the Coyotes, the LSs. Yeah, they're getting into GTRs. They're into the fast, the furious. You know, the cool, the high horsepower. Like I said, the big brakes, the killer wheels, and it's that's all they have. You know, and they know yeah, it man. inside and out, which is great because they've taken that concept to another level I never even thought about, right? They know they know every one of these powertrains and you know how complicated they are. That's why a lot of us, you know, might go and do a, a crate motor from, from GM or from Ford or whatever because you can get, you know, standalone, you can thrift it out and you can get just the bare bones, enough to plug it in and get it to run. Well, these guys know how to use and utilize and leverage all that other cool stuff. You know, yeah, backup man. sensors, heated seats, you know, all the privileges that, you know, super cool that you're trying to add back on later. Well, they know yeah. how it all works. They know how it all interfaces, and they can help you kind of put together sort of your sweet dream mobile. Hey, and Rick's no punk, man. Him and those boys, they eat, live, breathe, build, race, crash, rebuild. They're no joke, man. They're no slashes. They're all car guys, and we're going to have them on the podcast. We'll take a quick break, bring them on, show you the heat and all the fun stuff that you guys can now get your – well, your claws on. Back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage podcast, Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And man, it's presented by CarParts.com. We thank him for it. You got to check this out. I know my man Bird has. Hey, man. Talking about savings and making it easy all in one go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. Get parts dropped right to your garage door, shop door, back door, whatever. And, you know, that's for most of us to have the luxury of having to order parts. I guess I guess when you own, you know, your own yard and there's millions of cars out there getting crashed, mopped up, stacked up, piled up, uh, and you just buying what you want out of that, harvesting the parts that you need, you don't have to worry about that too often. Hey, Rick, um, welcome to the Two Guys Garage Podcast. Uh, man, it's great to have you on. He's great friends with both of us. This, this ought to be a really fun podcast. Cleveland Power and Performance. You got to give the story of how you created this sort of business model because this is right out of the streets. This is great. This needs to be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Willie, thanks for having me. As always, always great talking to you guys. So, yeah, my dad bought this place in the 80s and – uh my dad had no car now, you know, literally, I mean, my dad always had cool cars, you know, he grew up with a 57 Chevy, because that just was a beater back in the day, but uh, he was a union electrician, um, 
basically went in one day to run for union president. I was about five at the time. Said he lost, you know, a rigged election in air quotes. I have no idea if it was rigged or not. Him <laughs> coming home, telling mom, you know, I don't really remember what he said, but he bought this junkyard. But I remember mom just like phone books and stuff, like the old, those big old phone books, like ripping off the wall and stuff. And she was mad. So I was the youngest <laughs> of five kids. And, you know, we were struggling. And my dad went from whatever, having a steady job to getting mad. He's Italian. So I you know, had the Italian anger. He decided that day he quit, walked out of the union, went and bought a junkyard. Like the jokes from back in the day was my dad literally, he was a handyman. Like he could fix stuff like car wise. He couldn't pull a transmission or do any of that stuff. So uh, he bought a junkyard. And then uh, when he bought the place back in the eighties, like I'm talking like it was literally a dump for the city of Cleveland. So they would dump tires waste here back in the 50s, 60s. Cause we're about 30 minutes outside of Cleveland. So uh, it was just years and years of cleaning up. I don't think we had running water or plumbing here. So probably like mid nineties, we didn't have any indoor buildings. Everything was outside. And then in the early 2000s, we were starting to build cars. And I was, you know, whatever, 19 or so. And those 98 to 02 Ram Air LS convertibles were huge. Oh, yeah. I loved them. So I built one, you know, I'm 19. was in shape, had some hair still. Thought I was a good dude. So the rule back in the day was in Ohio, you couldn't take salvage cars out and drive them until they're inspected by the Ohio Patrol. My parents, thank God for cell phones, went on, I don't know, some cruise or something. They're out of the country for like five, seven days. The second they left town, I went back in, got the car out of their house. But my dad for me put in his house, I couldn't drive the car. Well, of course, you know, you know how to get in and out of your parents' house. I mean, come on, they're your parents. <laughs> you know, go out, have a sweet day at college. I'm bringing it back to work. Someone goes left of center, sideswipes the car. I mean, just totals it. It's done. Luckily, I was unhurt, but the car was destroyed. So I had about four or five days to basically, I have at that point, pretty much a, for lack of better, uninsured, basically unregistered car. So LSs were huge. It's probably whatever, 99, 2000. So we had to literally, I parted the car out in about the span of the day. My bike just ripped the car apart. I was on a weekend up here. Um, we had, like, the shop was close. So I came and took the car apart, had parts everywhere. And those old school days, you had to go to Walmart, like the wind-up camera. You would uh, take pictures, go to the computer lab, put parts on. So we parted this car on like five days. We were shipping with Greyhound and no idea what we were doing. Like literally shipping like whatever drive shift rear axle on a Greyhound bus. So my dad comes back five days later and there's like the notice from the highway patrol and all stuff. Hey, you missed your inspection. Your kid got in trouble. Your car got totaled. My dad, you know, big dude, he was about ready to beat me. And I was like, hey, I owe you this much for the car. Here's your money. Here's some extra. And he was like, ah, maybe not so bad. So me inadvertently, whatever, getting a little arrest. Parting the car out, and lo and behold, that's how we switch into this transition. Hey, which one of your buddies bought the LS? <laughs> I actually sold the LS. I couldn't even sell it to a buddy. All my buddies wanted. I was broke. I owed so <laughs> much money. The highest bidder got it. I think it went. I actually think it went to Colorado. But uh, it was all my friends wanted stuff, and it was funny. I was like, No, no, no. You guys can get like natty lights or whatever. At the time, like we're getting no car parts out of this. Yeah, you get, I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah. So once you realize that tearing your car apart and selling it piece by piece was probably more valuable than the car itself. That just got the gears turning, huh? And it was crazy. Cause at the time, like, cause I reached out to insurance and the car, like they would basically cover for like fire, theft, accident. It was like a full insured car. And this was whatever, 99, 2000. I bought the car back for $2,800. So I had to like get it out of like whatever weird hold. Think about that. Nowadays, you could still cannot buy a wreck 99 trans am for $2,800. I bought it back in whatever, 2000 for $2,800. So it was crazy to get it back through like this hold and stuff. And nowadays I'd pay $2,800 all day long for a Ram Air convertible. Yeah. <laughs> Car just killed it in parts. I mean, absolutely killed it. The time LSs were huge money. 
leather seats were huge money, tail lights, the whole nine yards. It was funny. We parted the car down to, I didn't know any better. We were like selling like fender bolts, clips, like stuff nowadays you just throw out. No one wants to pay for it. But like we parted the car down to a bone. Hey, and how much do you think you made on all those parts and the, the whole parting out of it? Oh, it was crazy because at the time, I think, like, and this was like pre doing turnkey pals. I think we got like seven grand ish for the motor trans because they're there, like brand new doing those parts. We probably got 25 grand. And I had literally, like, in terms of paint doing the cars, my first car I put back together, cars are wrecked bad. I probably got 25 grand back in parts. I bet you I didn't have $7,500 into that car. Wow. So wow. it killed it. It was the early days, way before the LS world blew up and no one was doing it. So it was. Yeah, it absolutely killed it. Dude, that's a hell of a precedent to set for sure. So how long did it yeah. take, you know, your dad kind of wound down on, you know, getting ready to beat you up there for, you know, doing the wrong <laughs> things there, but uh, you turned it around pretty quick. How long did it take, uh, you know, A, not getting you in trouble, so that, that sounded pretty quick, <laughs> but B, then kind of taking the yard from traditional salvage yard to, you know, what you guys are doing now. Yeah. So, like, obviously, it's my dad. I love my dad. Everyone knows my dad is, like, a gift of gab. Like, the most exaggerated, like, stories. Like, everyone says I do. Compared to him, and I've been in the hemisphere. The man's professional exaggerator. So, like, he still has this old-school business he's been running since, whatever, 86 to 2000. And it's very set in his ways. It's becoming very profitable. It's very prosperous. We have new buildings going up. We have plumbing. We have toilets. Like, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but we've been outside for 15 years. It's nice to have heating. <laughs> so I'm over here, you know, being the a-hole son, trying to basically run my own little business out of his business. Of course, you know, hey, you kind of like your kids. You're like, yeah, my kid kind of sucks. I want to smack him. So we're clashing a lot because I'm trying to run like his own little business within his business. So the story goes, I'm sitting right there. It's one of the favorite stories in here. We're on the, he's on the phone with one of his local shops. He used to buy whatever everyday parts. And this was the first car we bought online. I bought it out of Pittsburgh. And it was like when Copart was still barely becoming like online was still new. And, you know, he is MF and me like off the phone, like to the point where he's going to beat me like Goodfellas style with the phone. Like he's just going off on me. He picks the phone back up. He finds out he's buying his car in Pittsburgh. So that's why he's so mad. Tells the guy on the phone, you know what? We're bringing cars in from all over. We just bought one from Pittsburgh. I'm so happy. You know, we're doing this new stuff. The man literally three seconds before is literally screaming at me into oblivion. Picks the phone up, goes right into a story about how we tow cars in from all these states, have all this different stuff. So money helps – money always helps grease the uh, – The wheels of success, yeah, yes. Oh, man. So so nowadays uh, this thing is up and full speed. Uh, I had to go down there and check it out for myself. So I went down – I don't know, what was it, six months ago. Uh, just checked the place out. I got the full tour. And it is – dude, it is the candy aisle one after another after another you can just go down this aisle and it's nothing but you know srt seats recaro seats more awesome seats anything you want to build cool they got killer seats for they got rows and rows of big brakes they got the good wheels and they got the powertrains lined up stacked up and uh not just the engine they got engine trans controllers modules they got everything you need steering column fuel system so you can literally walk up to a pallet and whatever it is, a Hellcat Coyote, and turn the key, fire the thing up, everything runs, no codes, and you've got all the goods you need to start transplanting that into your sort of dream car. Uh, it is, it is cool. Yeah, yeah man. I, I think you're understating. I think you're understating the the pallet aspect of it. A lot of people don't realize when we say pallet, you're not just getting an engine and a transmission and a few parts. You're getting a pallet of wood where it's got 
uh, what used to be a steering wheel, uh, maybe it's still there, but you turn the ignition key and it fires the entire mechanism up. The engine, the transmission, everything's sitting there running in front of you. You know, you can see it, you know, going in and moving coolant. You can see everything running there. You can put a tune on it. You can put uh, upgraded goodies on it. And he's really taken that sort of business model and twisted it in the performance world. So if you're looking to either have a car built, which is fantastic, or get a drivetrain for a car. I just, you know, I got an email today stating uh, my package from Cleveland Power and Performance is showing up at my house on Thursday between noon and four because I'm doing a, uh, there's a cop out here with cancer and me and some friends are doing a restoration on his car for, for nothing just to help him and his family out. And that's the first place I went, Cleveland Power and Performance said, hey man, what do you got? He's like, I got this hot LS3. Uh, give you a moment to build it and we'll uh, get it that direction. So he really can't help with any sort of application model. Uh, if you can dream it, he could help build it. Well, then you know you have everything to make that car run, everything it's looking for, right? Again, with all the different yeah. modules and harnesses, you know, the throttle pedals, you name it, you have it all. It runs. You know when you put it in, that's it, right? And if you want to strip off things, you know as soon as you strip something off and it doesn't work, you know exactly what it was. And that's what these guys really specialize in too. They can kind of help you with, well, I want these features on a, on a modern car, but I don't want these features on a modern car. And they can kind of help pick what year, what model, uh, you know, that's going to get you as close as possible to what you're trying to achieve. And that's, that's really, really cool. And it's kind of new in a sense that, uh, you know, if you go back a number of years, there's plenty of uh, let's say cars where they took a, a newer Mustang, just complete, kind of cut off and then stuck a body on top. And, you know, it's sort of a merger of old and new. Uh, but this way you can take just the goodies, just the bits and put them into your complete build the way you want it and still get all of those modern features, uh, which is pretty neat. Because otherwise it's kind of a pain in the butt to get, you know, uh, whether it's your start button, your 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 key fobs, your heated seats, you know, you name it. Uh, if you can get it from the factory all integrated, it just makes it a whole lot easier, especially if you know how it works. Because I'm not surprised you're not the biggest shop in the world, man. To me, that is a business model everybody wants in on. So you guys probably looking for people to hire every minute of the day, right? Oh, yeah, we're always. I mean, I got ads out right now. I actually have a guy flying in from out of state tomorrow. We're paying to fly a guy in out of state. Paying put them up at a hotel, and I have I'll vet the people before they come up. But yeah, I literally have a guy we're flying in tomorrow out of state who's going to be here for the next two days, working on the floor. If everything works out, he will be hired, and we'll be paying to move him in. <laughs> That's how I, I'll hire local <laughs> people. But I'm literally where I'm out of state trying to hire people in. So so you know you got something good. Well, these guys these these guys don't stop cranking up the bar. That's why it always kind of blows me away because he's already made the the salvage yard dream. But uh, these guys are builders, right? Well, he mentioned it earlier. They're they're builders, and their level of craftsmanship, I mean, it's top game. So they've got their own built shop. They've got a new upholstery shop. they got almost everything they need, paint shop, to build some of the most high-end cars you could imagine with the knowledge that they have of all these vehicles, every nut, bolt, module, control, wire harness, clip, you name it. So now you marry this insano craftsmanship with the knowledge base of all these modern muscle ins and outs and you've got top dog you got winner status right there so why don't we take a quick break and we come back uh let's talk a little bit about some of your builds that you're leveraging all of this uh background knowledge and parts and and warehouses of goodies and you've got one going to SEMA, and i'm really interested to kind of get some scoop on that one so 
Willie, take us out, man. Let's have a break and come back in and get some more skin. Amen to that, man. We'll get more of the Rick Cleveland Power and Performance. Go find it online. Their Facebook page is fantastic to follow as well. Every time they get something really cool, they'll post it up on there. Cleveland Power and Performance. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. Kevin Bird, Willie B, and we're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. It's easy, you guys. They got a great mobile experience. It's intuitive. You, you can navigate it. Within like 60 seconds, you find your part. You're making money off. You know that, which you should. Right? You got, you got your part. Drops right to your door. All right, man. Fired up. We have our boy Rick Cleveland. Power and performance is what we're talking about. And imagine it wasn't that long ago that we were all surprised, right? I believe for me... It was really actually it was probably the Hellcat surprised a lot of people. I don't think even Bird was surprised uh, that that a manufacturer would come to the table with 700 plus horsepower. And you're like, well, what the hell just happened? That up the bar, and then you saw everybody catch up, right? Everybody's offering 600 plus, you know, inching up to that 700, and then the bar gets moved a little bit. Now uh, every manufacturer has something 700, 800, whatever. Now that had to be like you know predictions, foreshadowing of your future because. You know people are going to buy those cars that have no business buying those cars because they're going to end up wrecked. And the more they build, the more you get to buy, harvest, and make dreams come true on the hot rodder or muscle car guy side of things. Yeah, for sure. And like when the Hellcats came out, like we've been buying a ton of them. Off the top of my head, I think we've done like 140-ish or so. We post them on social media because people love just to see. It's like rubber neck when you drive on the yeah. highway past there. <laughs> we had one Hellcat come in, I think at 18 miles on it, as in like 1.8. And it was flipped Ooh. over. So you figure when you leave the dealership, the car's probably got, I don't know, six to nine, ten miles on it. And it wasn't like it just did a fender bender. The car's rolled over pancake flat. So, like, you have to leave the dealership, <laughs> absolutely just open it up. And then, like, I guess and most times you don't get back. So apparently he got on was all right. So, like, do you walk back to the dealership, turn your keys in? <laughs> like, hey, this car I bought, it kind of stinks. All the windows are broke. I mean, I'm not really interested in that one anyways. Uh, right, yeah. right. I, I'm glad that was a test drive. Yeah. How about that minivan over there? That's probably more my style. My yeah. You're right about the Hellcats. They generate so much wheel speed. They get out from underneath you really, really fast. Um, it, it's a surprisingly, oh, yeah. shockingly fast car if you're not comfortable in that driving scenario. Uh, now, add on top of it, you know, all these other manufacturers with boosted LS, um, you know, LSAs, everything from Cadillac to, you know, these blown Camaros, which you and I have had conversations on my radio show about, you know, some of the ZL1 p- performance packages. Uh, there's just a lot of options out there, and you guys have been buying them up, not just in the Hellcat version, but all across the board, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll do the big three, which is obviously GM, Ford, Mopar, but we'll do we'll do Nissan, we'll do GTRs, we'll do, um, I mean, Flagbirds, we'll do all sorts of diesels. And if someone just has a request for Flagbirds, maybe something odd, we did a Neon SRT4 pal for a guy in uh, New Zealand. <laughs> you know, it wasn't something we'd normally stock, but guy wanted it, set it up for him, took car park, shipped it over. So um, yeah, we'll do all sorts of that stuff. It's not just limited to the big three, but for the stock part, for what we usually have in here consistently, it's the big three, but we'll do nice. whatever. Hey, and another great resource you provide for people that don't know, if if you have a car, because I had a car that was in a fire, 
And then so you could have a car that's crashed or, you know, you go out one morning and somebody's drugged their car down the side of it. So you're looking for, you know, you're looking for front fender, a door, a rear quarter, things like that, right? A hood, maybe a trunk, a rear valance, front nose cone. Where do you find that stuff that you can find factory colors with? Man, I'm telling you, he's a great resource. I reached out to him. Uh, one of my cars was in my house fire and I needed all kinds of panels, glass, molding, seals, um, interior parts. And he's like, well, it just so happens I got three or four of them. Let me go look. Put a list together. How many do you want? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're such a great resource for everything that the the modern hot rider muscle car guy or builder is truly looking for. Yeah, and some of that stuff right now is like backward. Like there might be something like hypothetically, say you're like A pillars or just some little dink and dunk trim stuff that, you know, with all his parts of going, we might not be able to get it right now. So your car like might be held up on some stuff that, you know, two years ago was very easy to get. When all of a sudden you can't fix your car, you can't get back on the road. So like there's stuff like that that we'll go and because we, we ship everywhere. Like I feel like no one will how even knows who we are. We ship everything. It's like all we do is just have FedEx boxes and crates going out here. So yeah, we'll get all that stuff. What's cool is a lot of the companies, you know, because we're not a big corporation, we're individually owned. We'll go look for small parts for people, and like we're not opposed to you know if it's a twenty dollar part or twenty thousand dollar part, we'll work with whatever the parameters of what people need. Because I understand when you're building these cars, you need something. You need that part. Like, that's what you need to get your car done. So we'll go. If we got it, we'll gladly gladly get rid of it. Well, tell us a little bit about some of your builds, man, because that's where, you know, I went from being impressed to being blown away, coming down and check you guys out. I mean, your reverence, I mean, that thing has been in just about every, you know, magazine, social media, everywhere. I mean, that thing is just downright badass and cool. Now, you ended up selling that one at uh, auction here recently, right? Yeah, and um, I'll leave the guy's name out. It's crazy. So we sold Reverence, and he, as of right now, is trying to part Reverence. He wants to build molds off of that car. So that crazy car we built, there is a pretty good chance he's parting that. Um, never would have thought that, but if you got that kind of money. So um, I don't know what he's really doing. I know where it's sitting right now. It's still sitting out on the West Coast. But, uh, yeah, we put our heart and soul in that car. That car was in um, every magazine. It was uh, calendars of PBG. uh Snap on, um, it yeah, was in look hot it, rod. Look it up 1969 Charger Hellcat, Woo! all customed out. Man, that thing is so dope. 69 so Charger, dope. y'all. 69 Charger, just kidding. 69 Charger, who makes that? That'd be Dodge. Dodge Charger 1969. <laughs> <laughs> we were proud of ourselves too. When we took that car out to SEMA in 2018, um, we were still kind of an unknown at the time, and um, there was you know the, the normal, whatever. The normal high school chatter about, you know, junkyard can't build a car to that level. And uh, when we came out there, we were the first, you know, with the Hellcat automatic transmission running, driving, stopping, code free. Like we weren't running a GM 4L80 behind it. We were out with that way before any modules, kits, harnesses were out. We just wired the whole thing up. We had a great crew here and, you know, we just put a ton of R&D time in the thing. We actually had a stand set up off to the side of the car while that car was getting built. That we literally just went through wire by wire and R&D'd how to basically make this thing run into a 69 Charger. Because of these LS kits, and they're awesome. You can build it, use all the turnkey powder. You can get an aftermarket, you know, kit. You can get, you know, there's so many aftermarket kits out there. We had no kit for it. So we were writing our own book on doing the build. And when I do our builds, like our own personal SEMA builds, I love, for lack of better, just doing stuff completely out of left field or stuff that isn't totally done. And I want it all to be done in-house, body, paint, fab, upholstery. It's all in-house. Um, when you sub stuff out, there's always, you know, loss of whatever, communication, loss of quality. So 
I am real, real bad about keeping, almost no fault to keeping stuff in house. Yeah, and if I if I got it right, I mean, this thing was knocking on the door at half a mil. <laughs> yeah, so we sold it during the pandemic, just keep some things going, but it just under four hundred on it. So wow, so that yeah. that tells you the kind of build these guys are doing. Now, tell us about Casima's coming up, and we're getting fired up. Willie's got his Sema build, and uh, man, I'm so excited for him. I'm so excited for the build i can't wait to see this thing finished out but uh i know he's struggling because you know stuff is just not available right now it's hard to get labor it's hard to get parts it's hard to get just about anything man so tell us about nika uh so this is a 79 uh coyote powered full-on custom bronco so you've got a donor you know modern muscle of sorts uh give us some more skinny on this thing man where did it come about and where's it headed yeah, so crazy. So this Bronco is named after, I know, really weird. So we're in a local dog shelter that does a bunch of dog stuff. And our shop dog for the last 11 years ended up just getting old and dying. So uh, we named this year's upcoming SEMA build after our shop dog. Weird, and most people don't do that. But, yeah, the shop dog was like an employee, so everyone hey, loved man. her. So. Those are our buddies, you know. That's family, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, our shop. Hey, you never heard of a shop cat, have you? No. So our shop dog trucks was named after her. We're helping. We're doing a bunch of this local shelter to help get them going. So this Bronco is uh, we're working with KW, which is uh the parent company to Bell Tech Suspension. So uh, going into SEMA 2020, we got a really good rapport with them. They were like, hey, let's. We were doing a 56 Viper truck. Let's bring us out to SEMA 2020. We we're like, hey, after following up reverence, I felt like you know, you know, you're kind of like that unknown band. The, the album goes multi-platinum, it blows up, it does phenomenal. The car should have done it, but it's like, I don't want to rush this truck to SEMA 2020. We're going to have to pass on SEMA 2020. And they're like, well, what else could you do? I'm like, well, I've got this Bronco here. The Bronco's getting unveiled with Ford. Let's start doing the Bronco. It'll be a little bit of a, you know, quicker build, not, you know, air quotes, quicker build. SEMA got canceled last year. Um, so I'm like, you know, let's just go into this thing and just take this thing over the top. So all of our frames built in-house, um, we're running. So for everyone not familiar, the original Bronco has leaf springs in the front, leaf springs in the rear. We built our own frame in-house. All of our exhaust is piped through our frame. Um, we eliminate all the leaf springs. So we're running a coilover seven in the back from Belltech. And then our front suspension is in a basically independent front suspension. It has a carrier and axle shafts coming out. But also in the middle of the Bronco on the inside, it's all the modern navigation, heated seats, cooled seats. You can walk up to a remote start it. Um, basically, those old trucks, you know, if you're going to drive those things, you know, they beat your body up. This thing's going to run like a modern F-150, have all the amenities of modern F-150, but look like an old school Bronco. And when we do that stuff, I always love to showcase our upholstery team, our engine building team, our paint body, you know, whatever. So our hood is basically all colander, you know, or I'm sorry, all cold air coming through the hood. So we'll build a complete custom hood for it. that hood's done right now with the airbox. All that stuff's done in-house. All of our exhaust is from Cooks, but we'll they'll give us our headers. They're not our sponsor on it. But all of our exhaust is literally three-inch straight pipe running back through the frame, tucked up all in there, running through. It's not just a, you know, a f- exhaust hanging low on it. All of our interior is completely, you know, custom hand-stitched, French seam everything, roll bars, the whole nine yards, because you want this thing to basically be a one-off truck. And I'm really particular about our stuff we do. Our paints are custom one-off paint. Nothing often is what you can go get off a shelf. Then so cycling back to the junkyard stuff, you know, we're looking at our door mirrors from this F-150. There's kind of big and cumbersome. They don't look that good, but the whole truck is built off an F-150. Yeah, I don't like mismatch. And let's go up to this part shelf, kind of start, you know, looking what we got up here. 
the modern 20 up Silverado mirrors have like almost like a little puddle light in the front, I guess for your spawn deer, which who's doing that? They're modern trucks, but so you have a much smaller, sleeker mirror. So let's switch this mirror style to this modern 20 Silverado. While we're doing it, you know, these window regulators kind of don't like what we do. Let's switch the whole door guts to Silverado stuff. But we can go up there on the shelf and grab all these Silverado parts we have, fabricate the door, put it all in there and do that. And there's no parts delay, no time delay, no anything. So we're just going up in the warehouse. So even though it's a 79 Bronco on a complete F-150, it's running Silverado door guts, Silverado door mirror, Silverado window regulators within there. And once it's a car to show, no one ever knows what you're running or what's in there. But on our part, it's way easier to go get the parts off a shelf, measure stuff out, build around, and work with it. Yeah, man, you think about that being able to harvest parts like uh, off the off a shelf or something like that, and you can see how like if you got a dash and you need fifty one inches for a dash, and you're out there measuring, and you know this dash is forty eight inches, but you have one from a different vehicle with all the new amenities, gauges, and data that you needed, you know, provided uh, for a driving experience, and it's fifty and a half inches or fifty one inches on the T. Man, that's that's such an easier way to build it than trying to get everything to fit, you know, with the other spaces available. Well, you're just guessing. You know, you're, the tighter, the better. Yeah, you're looking at pictures on the internet and going, "Man, would that fit?" I have no idea. You know, yeah. like these guys, it was incredible walking through rows because, like you said, they've got stacks and stacks. Like you could walk in there with nothing, maybe a stack of cash. You could walk out and build yourself whatever <laughs> wild, crazy dream machine. Uh, you could imagine. Uh, it's such an unfair advantage. I'm, I'm really kind of angry. You know, like, there's no way any of us can compete I'm happy with that. <laughs> right? Yeah, no doubt. I'm like happy angry. Yeah. Yeah. We're running six piston Hellcat brakes on it just because we do Hellcat everything. It's like, well, how do you incorporate a little more advertising? These F-150 brakes are kind of eh. The new Mustangs, you know, those 15 to 21 Coyotes are kind of eh. So let's go do it. We had our own machine shop. Let's turn these hubs out. Let's bring these face in. Let's face this down. Let's build a bracket. So it's running factory Hellcat brakes on our 79 Bronco because we have all the stuff here. We have the machines to do it. And you don't get, you know, if you go buy brakes, you'll get a big six piston two piece rotor set from these big manufacturers. You're spending a ton of money. I I just bought one for my SEMA build. Thanks, Rick. Rub it in. Rub it in. (laughs) You got my number. We talk all the time. Why don't you hit me Uh, up? I, I got crates going out to you all the time. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I feel, you know, you're such a great resource, man. You know, you don't want to wear out. You're welcome. But I do hit him up all the time because he, he really is that, you guys. Like, if you're in need of anything, whether it's interior, whether it's something engine-wise, how to get everything to communicate and talk to one another, um, transmission, wheels, brakes, this guy is such an incredible resource, just a great source of knowledge, and and he's always there to help, man. He really is always down to, to help you out and help advance your build. Don't be shy, Willie. You can drunk dial me at night for parts. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> uh, you know, so far you make it sound so easy. Uh, you know, you got all these things on the shelf. You know, you could just build just about anything, but there's clearly got to be some things that you need to source uh how, how is that all looking are you are you right on track for delivery at sema are you sweating at, at all i'm sure yeah. willie could chime in on this that sema crunch is a real <laughs> thing and anyone that's been a part of it unless your car is done for 2020 sema crunch is a super real thing and it stresses everyone out it's terrible and this year everyone can chime in on this who's on you know listening to this podcast 
you can't get mm. parts. It's crazy because it could be something as simple as we have a 68 Camaro in here for a washer bottle. The car had a bunch of stuff, don't it? But needs a washer bottle pump for a 68 Camaro. It's not some crazy custom thing. It's been out for a week or two. Um, our good friends at Automel Direct, we're doing a crazy, like just crazy awesome front clip for a our SEMA next year 69 Charger. Haven't even brought that one out yet. Um, it's a we're building this crazy front clip for this car. And Automel Direct, our good friends, they know that their hoods around back order forever too. They're working, everyone's in the same boat, and you can't get this stuff. And it doesn't matter between suspension, sheet metal, whatever, dink and dunk parts. We're all in this together, and there's no parts anywhere. So yeah, everybody is. And we talked to all these other owners and stuff. We're like, do you have this? We're trying to trade back and forth. I need this to get here. Yeah, I'll give you that. And we're all stuck in it together. Yeah, man. And it's all ugly, dude. It fell out a hundred foot ugly tree and hit every branch. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I thought, you know, maybe six months ago, just looking ahead at SEMA, we missed last year. Uh, it's going to be like, wow, all these, you know, 2020 cars are going to be there. We got so much free time. There's going to be so many guys just spending hours and hours, you know, in their shop and their garages you know, building all this stuff. We've got all the time in the world. 2021 is going to be a complete blowout. Everybody's going to be twiddling their thumbs because it was such a cakewalk. And here we are, panicking, sweating bullets, freaking out, calling everyone and their mother around the world, trying to get these rare little simple doodads parts, hoods, fenders, you know, brackets, you name it. Like it's, it's going to be interesting to see all these like half built cars. Oh yeah. yeah, there's toners and stuff for paint that are on back order. There's just stuff you would never think like there's different levels of you know mud in the body shop. You gotta switch different companies. There's yeah. so much stuff. It is. It's a every and you know, Bert, you built a, a SEMA car before. Everywhere you turn where you're in need of something that's not in-house. Uh, and he's got a massive in-house program. You know, guys like you, Bert, and me, uh, much smaller, uh, even if with our network, man, is it difficult to find anything. So anybody building the SEMA car, I feel you. It is it is brutal to see what it's taken to get the job done, uh, especially here in the last five, six months, uh, and moving closer, you know, the next three, four, five months moving into SEMA. It yeah. sucks. Yeah, I mean, all the manufacturing stuff was mostly shut down last year as manufacturing. Like, I felt like for a while there was enough inventory that was built before this happened. We're like, oh, this isn't so bad. We're actually getting through this. And then for us, which in hindsight we probably shouldn't have done, we kind of, when SEMA's canceled last year, we kind of dropped tools cost some customer projects and we had going we probably should stay on the bronco sooner and now we're trying to make it back up but i thought as stuff picked back up it'd be easier to get whatever and now it's just like you literally it's a joke like you'll call people like yeah i know the answer but do you have any lead time and they're like no (laughs) (laughs) oh man just raw materials Uh, let alone finished product man it's insane Absolutely. Uh, hey, how do people follow you on social media? Uh, give us the handles, your Instagram, which is a great resource on Facebook. He's fantastic there too. And where to find you just online. Yeah, of course. Um, so Instagram is just power and performance all spelled out. Uh, Facebook, just the name of our company, Cleveland power and performance. Our website is Cleveland as in PAP. So clevelandpap.com. And, uh, most of the Instagram messages, when you message into me, you're getting me on the end of it. So You'll see those random 2 a.m. messages coming back and bounce between throwing the kids in bed and stuff like that. So that's me. So if you ever need something, hit me up. We do a ton of stuff, too. We help people out. They might need some all data schematics or stuff they don't have. I understand it's super expensive. And for one-time shops or one-time guys building their garage, you're not going to go open up some of these subscriptions, some of these programming stuff. Hit me up. We'll totally help you out. We do it for people all the time. Like, literally, I'm probably, I try to be one of the most helpful shops I can because I remember – 
years and years ago when we were growing, we're still always growing. It's it's nice to have someone to help. So I'm always there to help with whatever we can for your build. Yeah. I can't say enough about that, man. That That's just so huge. What you guys give back to all of us out there uh, in the hot rod world. And I tell you, man, you guys go check out their website. Go check out the 79 Bronco, man. Nika, they got like hundreds of build photos and it's going to blow your brain. You're going to look through like all the stuff that they're doing. And it's such a great blend of, of like, uh, how the OE does it and how a craftsman does it all just properly blended together. You know, it's, it's super cool. So really bitch and build, man. I can't see it. I can't wait to see it come all the way to the end. And, uh, man, I hope you pull off every bit of it a hundred percent for SEMA. And if you're missing a few things, I'm going to overlook it. You know, that's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> I got respect for you guys. It is bad enough as it is in raw form, man. So, congrats on this thing ahead of time i appreciate it we're looking forward to being out there it's just gonna be good to see everyone again and for the most part most shows haven't really happened even the shows that have happened haven't had a lot of cars so it's just gonna be really good just to get out and just catch up with everyone again yeah man for sure i got the first round you get the last all right i got a couple in the middle (laughs) you got it (laughs) works for me uh all right you guys that is rick from cleveland power and performance hey don't forget about show air weekends on the motor trend network check your local listings also streaming on motor trend on demand which is a great place to find us Thanks to our guest, Rick Cleveland Power and Performance. He is Kevin Byrd. I am Willie B, our producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. And don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us. We're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. And the Two Guys Garage podcast, it's a copyright, 2021, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Right on, man. Dude, I'll I'll be hitting you up about 2 o'clock this morning, bro. (laughs) <laughs> perfect you got it. i'm looking forward to it yeah i got a long list of parts man i'm gonna be calling them up too so very very cool but what an amazing resource and an awesome guy so. yeah man great stuff we'll catch you in the next two guys garage podcast you all take care two guys garage podcast is a production of britain productions for more episodes visit iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite shows